We're going to do something a little different uh, tonight. Um, normally, we do a class on Wednesday afternoon from 5 until 6.45, 6.50, right before our 7 o'clock service starts. Some of you have been a part of that class. Uh, we call it discipleship class. And um, we are uh, going to go to some of that curriculum, some of those things that we talk about. Um, and, and that's what we're going to be uh, dealing with on Wednesday nights uh, during this um, time of, of separation and, and us gathering online in this way. And so, um, I, first of all, I want to say we're, we're not going to be here for two hours, uh, two more hours, in other words, to uh, like we would normally do with a, with a class. And, um, and especially if some of you are like, well, you know, I hadn't had these other classes, so I guess I would get me a cheeseburger or something. No, 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 please, please don't do that. Let's, um, let's spend some time together in the Word tonight. And I believe the Holy Spirit's really, really going to help us uh, understand some things and see some things that's going to make a, a big, big difference um, in our lives. So if you, uh, if you have your Bibles, um, let's open them to the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and uh, verse number 23. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. Um, we didn't use the screen on Sunday, um, and we may not use it this Sunday uh, either, but uh, tonight, just because this is more teaching than preaching, and there's some visual aids that we're going to uh, be referencing, so we're going to put these verses on the screen uh, for you. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says... Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, most people only think of themselves in one dimension. We have a tendency to think of ourselves as, as our physical body, but the Bible tells us that you are much more than just a physical body. And we have the three dimensions, if you will, of your existence spelled out very plainly for us here, spirit, soul, and body. Um, don't turn there, but in Genesis 1, we see God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And I tried to inflect my voice to draw attention to the plural pronouns. God did not say, let me make man in my image, but he said, let us make man in ours. And of course, what we know is that God is a three yet one God. He's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so a three yet one God created you, a three yet one being, in his image and in his likeness. And so in the same way that God is three yet one, you are three yet one. You are a spirit, and I cannot emphasize that enough to you. Um, the enemy has done a really good job, and I hate to give him credit for this, but he's done a really good job of convincing most people on planet Earth that they're not a spirit, but that they're a physical body. People are more familiar with their, their physical body. They're, they're more uh, familiar with living according to their five senses. They're, they're, they're more familiar with you know, uh, interacting with, with life and environment and people uh, in, in a physical way. And, and many people have, have lost sight of, of, of their spirit altogether. And that's really sad. It's really unfortunate because 
the real you is not this outward part, this shell, if you will, um, but the real you is the spirit, the deepest, inwardmost part of you. Um, tonight, I think we'll have time to get there, but let me just remind you that if you've been born again, it was not your outward part, it was not your physical body that was born again, it was, it was the spirit deep inside of you. That's the part that was born a second time. That's the part of you that, that died with Jesus and that was buried with him and was raised up together with him to newness of life. Um, when I was born again many years ago, it, it was not my physical outward part that was born a second time. It was my inward man, it was my spirit that specifically was born again, born a second time. Um, many, many times people, even in, in, in the church, born again people, they, they still think of themselves as a physical being trying to have a spiritual experience. And again, that's completely backwards as to the way, as to the way it really is. You are not a physical being trying to have a spiritual experience. You are a spirit being experiencing a physical reality. And so again, these are, I believe, among some of the most important things that we can ever understand. I, I've said to the class, those of you who, again, haven't been you know, coming early to the class, I, uh, some of this is review for, for, for them. Uh, and I want to kind of get us all on the same page before we you know, build on some of these things tonight. But, um, you know, we we sometimes you know, lose sight of this, of this spirit part within us because we've become so focused you know, on our flesh. But to understand the difference between the part of you that's spirit, the part of you that's soul, and the part of you that's physical body uh, will answer at least a thousand questions for you. And I don't believe I'm exaggerating at all when I say that. Uh, it'll help you understand the Word of God because, again, the Bible speaks about things concerning your spirit. The Bible speaks about things concerning your soul. The Bible speaks about things concerning your flesh. And if we think, especially, you know, there's confusion also related to spirit and soul, in that a lot of people think the spirit and the soul is the same thing, and, it, and it's absolutely not. So this word to the Thessalonians, this word to you and me tonight from the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, that we would be set apart, sanctified completely, our whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I mentioned in the introduction of a visual aid, and so let me um, put this up on the screen for you. We could really probably spend the rest of our time together tonight just talking about this diagram. We've already, uh, in this is class 27, in, in class 25 and 26, we've already probably spent an hour and a half explaining what is represented here uh, in, this, um, in this drawing. But just if I could, real quick, like, um, uh, this, in, this, this man right here represents your spirit, and as we've already said, uh, that's the real you, okay? And you'll notice um, <clears throat> that we have God here and this arrow with the word, and that word, if you can't see it at home, that is the word zoe. And the word zoe is a very important word. The word zoe means the life and nature of God. The life and nature of God. So more to come on that in just a moment, right? Uh, biblically speaking, when we say biblically speaking, we're talking about the original language. In the original language, this word pneuma is the word translated into our English word spirit. Then we have this part of you that, um, that the Bible calls your soul. 
again, the original language refers to this as your suche, and it's not hard to imagine what English word we get from this, psyche, psychiatry, psychology. This is the word suche. This is the part of you the Bible refers to as your soul. And your soul, again, is not the same as your spirit. Your soul is the part of you that thinks and feels and makes choices. It's your mind, emotions, and will. So your soul, the dimension of you that the Bible calls soul, is the part of you that thinks and feels and chooses. You just pause for a moment and think about, again, how important your thinking is to your life, how important emotions are to your life, how important choices are to your life. You'll see why this is a very important uh, part. And again, I have several different drawings. I, I pulled this one uh, for our you know, time together this evening. And in this one, I have uh, the soul highlighted. And, um, and again, more to come on that as, as we continue to progress. Then finally, we see the body. And your body, uh, Greek refers to it as soma. Um, your soma is your body. And this also could, could be understood as your flesh. This is where your five physical senses reside. And the Bible also from, from time refers to this part of you as your outward man. Now, I want to, again, I know this is review for a lot of you. And, and you know, some of you have been a part of Heritage for many years now, decades now. And you've heard me teach on these things uh, off and on over those many years. So, again, I appreciate you being patient while you know, we bring those who are new to the class up to speed. Um, with this being the real you, it would really help you to begin to think of your body as a glove and your spirit and soul as the hand in that glove. Again, your body as a glove and your spirit and soul as a hand in that glove. Because one day, you know, should Jesus tarry his return and after we're real old and well satisfied, amen, and should we die, um, that's when your spirit and soul will separate. It'll, it'll slip out of the glove that is your physical body. Um, Paul called this a tent, temporary dwelling place, right? It's not, it's not how we're going to live uh, forever in, in, in this earth suit, as I often refer to it. Now, there's one other word up here that um, uh, if you haven't noticed, and again, I don't know how well this is showing up at home, but this word up on, on top here over the part of you that's your body, that word there is bios, bios. And again, it's not hard to imagine what English words we derive from this, this Greek word bios. And, and, you know, biology, things that are biological. And, and so bios is referring to physical life. And we see that physical life exists within the body, but what we know about physical life or biological existence only is that it's fleeting. In other words, it's, it's not eternal. It's, it's temporal. Uh, even if you live to be 120 years old, uh, your biological existence uh, has an end, right? So when Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10, for example, the thief comes... Uh, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He is not referring to bios. He was speaking to people who are biologically alive. 
And he's saying to people who are biologically alive, I've come to give you Zoe. I've come to give you the life and nature of God without end in overflowing abundance. When, when Jesus spoke about eternal life, again, he was not talking about eternal bios. He was talking about eternal Zoe. When he was talking about abundant life, he was not talking about abundant bios. He was talking about abundant Zoe. So the, the Zoe of God is the life and nature of God, and Jesus came to restore that to us, and he came to give it to us uh, in overflowing abundance, and he came to give it to us eternally. The life and nature of God without end in overflowing abundance. Well, amen, that's, that's good news. So <clears throat> I mentioned earlier, and I'm not going to try to go back and review a lot of these things, but I said that if you understand these things, you begin to develop an understanding of these things, it makes the Bible you know, come alive in, in, in greater you know, depth and, and, and meaning in greater ways. Um, it, it gives you a platform to, to, to really understand uh, some different verses in the Bible. Let me, let me just share a, a couple of those with you. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 7, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So again, we know from Scripture that this part of us was formed from the dust of the earth. The Bible says that God knows your frame, that you, uh, are, you know, are made from dust. But yet, he has chosen to put a treasure inside this earthen vessel. That treasure inside this earthen vessel is talking about none other than his righteousness, none other than his zoe, none other than the Holy Spirit himself now within this earthen vessel that is our physical body. Now, here is another very unique passage. Uh, it's something that Jesus said in Luke's gospel, uh, Luke 21 and 19. Luke 21 and 19 says this, by your patience. Now again, this is written in red, Jesus speaking. He says, by your patience, possess your souls. By your patience, possess your souls. So let's go back to our drawing. This word patience um, a lot of times in, in our modern day understanding of this word, um, you know, we think like, you know, our dentist appointment was at 1 and it's 1.45 and they still hadn't called us back, but we need to be patient, okay? And, and that is one aspect of it, but, but to better understand what he's saying here, we might, you know, this word might have been better translated endurance, at least from the, you know, from the way we understand things. He's talking about our, our ability to, to endure our, our ability to, to, to stand um, when we're tempted, uh, you know, when, when pressure is being applied to us from the outside, uh, our, our ability, you know, to, to endure. Now, notice that Jesus said only through our ability to endure um, will we gain possession of our souls. Now, obviously we have some things that are specifically said here. But what is clearly implied here is that without endurance, something or even someone could possess our souls, right? Now, no, hold on just a second. I, I, this is not the same as being 
possessed by a demon. That's not what I'm saying here. When we talk about possessing our soul, we're talking about having full control of our thoughts, having full control of our emotions, having full control of our choices. Now, what the enemy has tried to do to all of us since we first came into this world is he's, he's tried to, you know, just consistently work against us in whatever way he can find, whatever weakness he can, you know, you know discover to exploit. He's tried to find a way to, uh, to break down our ability to resist doesn't care if it's a donut, doesn't care if it's a cigarette, doesn't care if it's internet pornography, doesn't care if it's heroin, he doesn't care if it's, you know, sleeping late, you know, all the time, laziness, what have you. The enemy is trying to find something in your life that, that he can exploit uh, and, and little by little uh, have that thing be what gains possession of, of your soul, Right? So in other words, you know, you can't drive past the donut shop, you know, it, 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 just the temptation. Um, you know, I've, I've had people talk about, and, and obviously the Lord has, has um, you know, blessed us over the years to, 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 to be in the corner of a lot of men and women coming out of addiction. Uh, but those caught, you know, in, in the throes of addiction, um, I, you, know, you understand what it's like for something else to own you. Okay, uh, where where you can't seemingly break free from that. So notice Jesus said Endur- endurance is speaking about character, and um, and you've heard me say it a bunch of times. I'm gonna say it again tonight. You can't go to the grocery store and buy a pound of character. Um, the only way, uh, less loyalty, for instance, being a loyal person, a loyal employee, a loyal family member, a loyal friend. The only way to increase your loyalty is to be loyal. Right. In other words, the the only way to increase your endurance is when everything in you wants to give in, but you hang in there and you don't. This is how you 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 build your endurance. And Jesus says, in the same way that you know our endurance is is built through a process, but through that you know endurance and being able to endure, we gain possession once again of of our thoughts, our emotions, our choices as opposed to something or some substance or some person, right? Man, you know, we start talking about this aspect in terms of relationships. So many people are in unhealthy relationships, abusive even relationships. I'm offering to you that, that someone trapped in an, in an abusive relationship, again, notice they, they, they don't have the, the right possession over their thoughts and emotions and choices. Somebody else has, has hijacked that from them, uh, if you will. Um, and, and then, you know, if you have a friend that's caught in a relationship like that, you know, you're like, you're like man, what are you thinking? Sister, what are you thinking? But again, they're not. Something else has, has become dominant uh, over that uh, aspect. So again, highlighting that uh, tonight in that, in that respect. Uh, so I, let, me, let me just step back away for just a moment. Um, how many of you think it's important for us uh, to have possession uh, you know, for, for instead of the lust of the flesh controlling our mind, emotions, and will, uh, the desires of the Holy Spirit being led by the Holy Spirit? Again, we'll build on this more to come in the days ahead. Let me, um, let me give you another verse, and, and this one right here, 
uh, it's such a beautiful passage. And once you begin to understand spirit, soul, and body, this verse, even if you've committed to memory, uh, it'll begin to make more sense to you uh, and more applicable sense, practical sense to you uh, as we understand what's represented here in these drawings. And it's in 3 John, and there's only one chapter in 3 John. So 3 John verse 2, 3 John verse 2, it says this, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Okay? So perhaps you've heard that, that expression before, prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Well, here it is in the Scriptures, 3 John and verse number 2. Now, <clears throat> there are some who take this passage and, and, and they discount it. They say, well, you know, I mean, it's just kind of like if we were to write a letter to somebody and we were to say something like... Um, I trust all is well with you and your family or, uh, you know, greetings to, uh, you know, to you from sunny Florida or, or what have you, a postcard or, or these kinds of things. Well, again, this is the Word of God. And the Bible says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's God-breathed. It's God-inspired. So when John wrote this letter... It wasn't just John sitting down to write a, a, you know, a, a group of Christians, you know, a friendly note. He wasn't just chit-chatting with them. This was as inspired by the Holy Spirit as any other words in the Bible. So when he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, this is not just John wishing people well that he loves. This is the Holy Spirit speaking through John to the church, and let me remind you, if you're a born-again man or woman, right, he, he's speaking to you. You are a member of the body of Christ. You, you are the ecclesia, the called-out ones, the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So what we have here, again, is, let's, let's start here before we even go any further. We have one more time um, the heart of our Creator Father being revealed to us. His, his deep love for you, His desire for you. Um, you know, what parent among us doesn't want their children to prosper and be healthy? <laughs> I mean, amen. You know, never a single time have I wanted my children to be sick. Never a single time have I wanted my children to have their power shut off or their car repossessed or, or you know, for them to struggle in, in, in those ways. Uh, again, we're, what we're talking about here is the heart of a father. And remember, Jesus himself said that if we being evil, humankind being evil, know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more our Father in heaven will he give not just his kingdom and not just good things to, but even give his Holy Spirit to, right? So again, this is the Holy Spirit expressing to us the heart of God for us. But in addition to that, he's also helping us understand why some people are not prospering and are not walking and living in the health that Jesus paid such a high price for us to experience. Now, um, for those of you who uh, attend Heritage regularly on Sundays, we've been since the beginning of the year, really the end of last year, we've been, we've been talking about how Jesus became a curse for us. Literally, we had a curse, you know, like the rubble of a collapsed building the rubble of a collapsed life pinning us down. We were trapped. We couldn't get out from under it. Uh, 
And Jesus came under that curse that was on us. He lifted it off of us and carried it away. And he did that so that the blessing of Abraham could come upon non-biological descendants of Abraham. In other words, Jew, Gentile alike. We could all have the blessing of Abraham. And we know as we've studied again, you know, this for many weeks now, that the blessing of Abraham includes two fundamental things. It includes health and, and prosperity. Amen. And prosperity is not, it does include, you know, financial resources and things that, that we need and even, uh, you know, desires that we have. But prosperity is far more than a dollar amount. Amen. So it would be, I guess, you know, maybe the argument would hold a little more water with me if this was the first time in the Bible we heard anything about God desiring us to prosper and be in health. But clearly, it's His desire and heart for us. And we could, again, spend, you know, five more Wednesday nights together just talking about that one subject alone. But there's some important clues here for us, truth here for us, um, that, that requires some effort on our part to, to seek out and to search out. So again, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Now, one thing <clears throat> that we didn't mention a moment ago that I want to I point out now um, is that the reason Zoe is written uh, inside of an arrow is that this arrow uh, is meant to communicate both connection and direction. Connection and direction, okay? So connection in the sense that God, who is a spirit, has a, a union now. If you've been born again, the Bible says you're born again spirit and God's spirit have become one spirit. You've become one with him, okay? So again, the arrow is meant to uh, communicate that connection, but it also is communicating direction. And what I mean by direction is the life and nature of God flows from God through a spiritual union with God, it flows from God uh, to you through that spiritual connection, right? And then, of course, the idea is that it flows from your spirit. Listen to this very carefully because, again, 3 John 2 speaks to come alive for you. It flows from God, the life and nature of God, okay, uh, in overflowing abundance. It flows from God to your spirit. I'm not getting so many verses firing off in my head right now. Go back to what Jesus said before he raised Lazarus from the dead. He said, if you believe on him, you will never die, that you already have eternal life. Amen. He's not talking about physical. He's talking about spiritual. If you've been born again, you have eternal life right now. This idea that, you know, um, uh, praise God, I don't know if they're watching tonight, but uh, my dear sister Kitty Fallon, she went home to be with Jesus a couple of weeks ago, and... and um, you know, uh, she, you know, went home to be with Jesus there peacefully in her home with her family. Um, but it wasn't like when, when Sister Kitty passed that Father God gave her eternal life. He gave her eternal life when she was 14 years old on a Sunday night at Bessemer Church of God when she was born again. That's when she received eternal life. And so when she slipped out of her earth suit, amen, she already had that overflowing uh, eternal uh, life and nature of God without end. Whew, gets me stirred up. That's, that's important. See, if you, don't, if you don't understand that the Spirit's the real you, it just confuses so many things. All right, so but again, so notice now, he's saying, beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health. 
Well, obviously, you know, we, we are already prosperous at this level of our existence. We've become one with God. We're already healthy at this level of our existence. Amen. Again, you've become one with God. How could you not be? Amen. But, you know, people say, but, but Pastor Mark, I, I, I got what you're saying, but I need some of that prosperity here. I, I need to pay some bills. I, 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 you know, I haven't been able to work in a couple of weeks because of this whole virus thing. Um, and, and so I need some of that prosperity here. I need some help and healing here. Okay? So notice now, and I, I'm not trying to dominate this too much, but I'm, I know I'm standing in front of part of it. So watch me very carefully. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. The given here is you're already prospering and healthy here. But notice the flow means that this prosperity and health that you've already received at the spirit dimension of your, of your being. So again, what does 1 Peter 2.24 say? By His stripes you were healed. You were healed. Healing's already yours. You're as healed at this dimension of your existence as, as God himself. God, Father's not sick tonight, okay? And, and neither are you right here, okay? So but notice he says that he wants what's true about you here to be experienced and enjoyed here. This class, and, and again, I know that I'm speaking to folks tonight that have not been with us for the previous 26 classes, so... One of the things, again, that we talk about all the time, have for years here at the Foundry, anywhere I have an opportunity to, 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 to minister and speak uh, on the subject of discipleship. Discipleship is about the inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life. What's true about you in your born-again spirit being experienced and enjoyed in your daily life reality. My friend, you are victorious here. But Jesus didn't just die for you to be victorious here. He died for you to live a victorious life here. But notice, he says, even as your soul prospers. What's the point? The point is, in order for the health and prosperity that you've received here to be experienced and enjoyed here, it must pass through your soul. It, it's, got to, it's got to pass through your mind, your emotions, your choices. I know that's, that's kind of a bizarre way. And sometimes these things almost, the Holy Spirit's helping us, almost defies the English language to, to, to be able to communicate. But that's one of the reasons I wanted to use the, the, the drawing tonight. Let me, let me, I'll be a little silly with it, okay? A lot of folks are like this. Their soul is like this. It's, it's opposed to, it's putting up a, a roadblock, a barrier um, to, the, to the health and prosperity that already belongs to them. In other words, their, their, their minds are more in alignment and agreement with what's going on in, in their flesh and in the world around them instead of their mind and their thinking and their, and their emotions aligned with the Spirit of God and what's true about them at, at the, the deepest level of their existence. Right now, um, there's so many different directions that, that we could go right now. Let me, let me see if this will help you, okay? Let me see if this will help you. Um, 
The Bible talks about reconciliation. Okay? Our, our being reconciled to God. And that's, that's extremely important. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 that every born-again believer has been given the ministry of reconciliation. This is, this is extremely important. Dr. Neil T. Anderson says God has a one-item agenda that can be expressed in one word, reconciliation. I like to say it this way. Daddy wants his kids back. Father God wants his children back. He wants, he wants us back in, in union with him and in living in fellowship with him and right standing with him. And my, the, 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 the price that he's paid and the, and, the, and the extent that he's gone to in, in order to make that a, a possibility, get to, that we actually have the choice now to be reconciled to God, right? But now, now watch this though, okay? This, this part of you has been thoroughly reconciled to God. It, it, it was made a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5 says, old things have passed away, all things became new. My eye color didn't change when I was born again. That part of me didn't become new. I was given the capacity to think different when I was born again, but my mind was pretty much, in, 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 in a lot of ways, like it was uh, before I was born again. And so was yours. Amen. This is why this part of us, again, highlighted tonight, is, is the part of us that's a work in progress. Right? But this part of you, the Bible teaches, and I can't wait, again, in, in, the, in the days ahead, I cannot wait to show you all this in the Scripture, but this part of you is a completed work. It, it wasn't um, a baby Jesus that came to live inside of you. It, it, it was the resurrected, glorified Lord uh, that, that your spirit was, was born according to. Amen. Now, praise God. Let's do this. Um, so, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. So, reconcile. In order for the health and prosperity that we have already been given, in order for it to make its way to our life reality, it's, it's got to pass through our, our thinking. You, you, can't, um, you can't walk in the blessings of God beyond um, what your mind can, can, can think or can, can see, conceive. So this is why you know, the enemy tries so hard uh, to keep us in a, in a, in a, in a wrong attitude and, and mindset and frame of mind um, about our identity, about who we are, and, and then ultimately what belongs to us because of who we are. Um, many times I, I use uh, righteousness to try to illustrate this. And again, we'll look at these verses in greater detail in the days ahead, but the Bible says when you were born again, you became just as right uh, before God in the eyes of God is Jesus. You were given as a gift. You were made as a free gift, uh, an abundance of grace, a gift of righteousness. He, he, he who knew no sin became sin for you so that you could be made his righteousness. So this is who you are in Christ Jesus. Okay? But as long as you think of yourself as someone who is unrighteous, you're going to live like someone who is unrighteous. All right, so again, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help you see the bigger picture, right, by using an, an example, right? So 
the day you were born again, you became something you were not. That's the new birth. Most people still think of themselves as the person they were instead of the person they became. And because they still think like the person they were instead of the person they became, they still live like the person that they were. Right? So how do we experience this righteousness in our life reality? We've got to line our thinking up with this. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Even as your soul prospers. Okay? So let's talk for a minute then about reconcile. Okay? If, um, I know, amen, so many different digital, online banking, all these other things, but the concept of a checkbook and reconciling a checkbook. You know, you write your checks and use your debit card, what have you, and then you know, you've got at the end of the month, you know, in your checkbook registry, how much money you think you have, all right? But then you get the statement from the bank. If you're like me, I get them emailed to me now. Well, they're not mailed to my house anymore. But anyway, however you receive it, you get the statement from the bank, and to reconcile your checkbook is when you bring your registry into agreement with, with what the bank statement uh, says is, is the truth, is accurate, okay? All right? So, here is our statement from heaven. Amen. The idea behind being reconciled to God, it's, it's when we take what we think and bring it into alignment with what God says. This is how we prosper in our soul. This is how we become healthy in our soul. Amen. All right. Let's um, praise God. Just a couple more minutes. Amen. I know that, um, amen, we've been going for a little while. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, there's some things here that we're going to come back to. Let's, um, let's put this up here, okay? Sin brought death and chaos to the triune man, right? It's very important. Sin brought death and chaos to the triune man. Triune man meaning what? your spirit, soul, and body. Praise God. Sin brought chaos to the triune man. I'm not sure. John Mark, you checked. I don't know if the battery went down or not or what have you said. Amen. All right. Sin brought death and chaos to the triune man. Let me, let me see if I can help you understand what we're trying to communicate with that statement, okay? Remember, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And we see, of course, that um, a three yet one God created you and me as a three yet one being, right? Now, how much confusion is in the Trinity tonight? I'm talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Zero. Okay? 
How about power struggle? Any power struggle in the Trinity tonight? Well, the answer, of course, to that is no. The Bible says that they always agree. We've spent a great deal of time in a class together. Um, uh, again, these, by the way, those of you who are just tuning into this and some of these things we've mentioned, um, all of it's uh, um, archived. In other words, you can go back and, 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 and look at some of these classes that I'm referring to. But what we've learned about the Trinity is that, is that each one defers to the other two in glorifying love. Um, Jesus' only mission is to glorify the Father. The Holy Spirit's only mission is to glorify Jesus. He doesn't come. Jesus said he won't talk about himself. He'll talk about me. And Jesus said, you know, I haven't come to do my will. I've come to do my Father's will. And it's, again, I'm not here to try to reteach that whole class. But the point I'm trying to get you to see is that when God created Adam and Eve, spirit, soul, and body, there was not a power struggle between, you know, what we see Galatians 5 says, that the spirit and the flesh are contrary to one another. They're at odds with one another. They, they don't even speak the same language. And, and, and the, 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 your born-again spirit's trying to pull you one direction towards God's best life for you, and your flesh is, is trying to pull you in another direction. And, and many times, our, our, again, the, the, the highlighted in gold here, our soul is, is caught in the middle in that tug of war. Keep in mind, you know, one, two against one is going to win every time. One, two against one will win every time. Right? But there was, there was not the, the conflict. There was not the, the chaos. Um, in other words, God didn't create you to be dominated by your emotions. He didn't, when Adam and Eve, before they sinned, they weren't ruled and dominated by their flesh. Okay? Um, when, when Adam and Eve were created, and, and prior to their sin, their spirit, soul, and body uh, operated um, as, a, as a, seamlessly, it, you know, what's the, the, the expression, a fine-tuned machine? They worked in perfect harmony, perfect agreement. Um, there was no conflict. Uh, and, and, and so much so that, 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 and think about this for a moment. Adam and Eve were so spiritually aware, so aware of spiritual things that they didn't realize they had a body until they sinned. It's a phenomenal thing, all right? But again, let's go back to it. So God created you, obviously, this is the real you, which means your soul and your body are meant to serve you, your spirit. But when sin entered into this picture, it brought all kinds of confusion and chaos. And, and so this is why, you know, Solomon, you know, you, you read some of his writings, you know, he, uh, he was, you know, kind of, you know, down on life, if you will, uh, towards the end of his life. It's a cruel joke. It's not worth living. You know, it's my, my translation, but basically, you know, the rug just keeps getting jerked out from under you, so forth and so on. Well, again, that's not what God intended. Uh, sin did that. Sin created this chaos and, 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 and this uh, confusion. 
let, let, me, let me see if I can explain it to you this way, all right? Death means separation. I can't tell you that enough times. Death means separation. So to die physically, a physical death is when your spirit and soul separate from your physical body. To die a spiritual death is when your spirit becomes separated from God. Okay? So again, death means separation. So when Adam was created, he had this oneness with God. He had this union with God. Where the, the Remember, God formed him from the dust of the, of the earth and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the breath of Zoe. Okay? When Adam sinned, he shut that off. He separated himself from Zoe, which meant the only life that he had was bios. Now, I, I try to say it this way, and I know sometimes references to gambling kind of you know, unnerves uh, uh, some you know, folks who are real traditional. So I, I mean no disrespect by this. But, but when we lost Zoe, the only life then remaining in the being was bios which meant bios then held all the cards. So, like, watch this, okay? Um, you know, after our flesh has, you know, um, had too much to drink, okay, our mind, which is here in the soul, right? Our, our mind says something to the effect of, um, hey, uh, reckon we ought to just call it a night Reckon we ought to, you know, not be drinking so much, okay? And what does the flesh respond? The flesh responds with, I'll die if I don't get another drink, okay? And so then, I know I'm being silly here, but I'm trying to illustrate this point. So then the mind says, whoa, 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 don't kill us. I'll help you. And so gradually, the Bible says, and, and I'll show you this in Ephesians, the Bible says that it wasn't just our flesh, our flesh had a willing accomplice, and that willing accomplice became our mind. You know, folks struggling with addiction, again, I have seen some of the most creative people ever, right? How creative we can become, again, our, our, our mental uh, faculties to try to get our flesh what it wants. What, what power does our flesh or did our flesh have over us? Well, before we were born again, the power it had was the only life in the being. If that life is lost, then there is none other. Okay? So, are, are you seeing how, you know, we lived that way for so long, we became so accustomed to that. Well, Jesus set us free. We're not slaves to our flesh any longer. We're not slaves to sin any longer. But because we live that way, and I'm not just talking about you and your life, I'm talking about humanity. I'm talking about generations. Romans 1 talks about sins piling up like snow, accumulation over time, okay? You learn life from parents who learn life from their parents who learn life from their parents, okay? That's why so many of us have a survival mentality because we learn life from survivors and learn how to thrive, learn how to survive, right? So, again, let me get back to this and we'll land this plane. So, over many generations, our, our, our minds became enslaved to our flesh, to serve our flesh, because our flesh held all the life. Jesus has set us free from that. But our minds, or this part of us, I guess we could say, is still playing catch-up. Let's go back to one of the first verses we looked at, Luke 21, 19. By your endurance, 
possess you, your souls, as opposed to your flesh owning your mind, your feelings, your choices, your spirit now, once again, has become in charge. Amen. Well, praise God. I, I could go on and on and on tonight, but I appreciate you joining us. Um, I hope that we have uh, stirred you up a little bit. I hope that we have uh, give you some things to think about, and, and maybe, uh, you know, once we turn this camera off, uh, maybe you'll want to, you know, study out some things. Some of the more fascinating verses in the Bible talk about the salvation of your soul. How about the Bible says you have been saved? The Bible says you are being saved. The Bible says you will be saved. Again, people are so confused about that until you understand have been, are being, will be, right? But anyway, we're going we're gonna to call it uh, a night uh, for now. Let's, um, let's pray together. Uh, Father, thank you for this time together this evening. Thank you for what you've uh, done for us, what you've given to us. And Father, I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Lord, I, I thank you, Father, that, that as, as I have stood here speaking, Lord, that your Holy Spirit has been with many, many people and will be with many, many people as others watch this Lord, in the days to come. And, and Lord, that, that you are helping them connect some very important uh, dots in their life. You're helping them understand some very important things, Father, uh, pertaining to their life and their existence and how they've been created and, and why things uh, seem uh, you know, to be so difficult and how we can walk in and experience the victory and the prosperity, and the health and well-being, uh, and the freedom, Lord, that belongs to us uh, as your children that Jesus paid such a high price for. Father, once again, we thank you for your blessing upon us. That blessing includes extraordinary, exceptional, far above uh, the norm or average protection. It, it also includes, uh, Lord, uh, prosperity and promotion, Lord, and um, Lord, your uh, understanding and, and, and willingness, Lord, to, to, to not just provide and, and, and prosper and protect uh, us, Lord, but to also promote us. And Lord, I'm, listen, some folks get a promotion on their job, but Lord, promote us in the sense that, that you're putting us in a place to have more influence for you, Lord, on our families and on our neighbors and on our co-workers and, and our classmates. And so, Lord, we thank you tonight what you're doing among us, what you're doing in this family of faith. I know, Lord, that, that we have people from other uh, families of faith that join these classes, and so we pray for those churches and for those, pa those pastors. Jesus, you said you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it, and so, Father, I thank you that, 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 that the churches that are represented, Lord, in, in, in this uh, online classroom tonight, Father, that, 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 that we will suffer no loss. Uh, we will suffer no financial loss, Father. We'll suffer uh, no loss of, of men and women. And, and, Lord, I don't just mean loss from sickness. I mean like loss like their flesh gets used to not coming to church and they quit coming, Lord. I'm talking about that kind of loss, Father. I thank you, Lord, that, that when we're able to come back together, we're going to be stronger and, and greater in number than we were a couple of weeks ago when all this started. And so we thank you for life and peace in Jesus' name. Good night. Know that you're loved, and uh, we'll see you on Sunday morning at 10.30. Good things coming. Praise God.